Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, we begin our My Story series, where volunteers and students share testimonies of where God has been at work in their lives. Nick Lano shared his story of how God has shown himself to be near in some of his most difficult seasons. Follow along, and we hope you enjoy the message. Good morning, good morning. Can y'all hear me? Can y'all hear me? Good morning. Good morning. All right, how are y'all doing today? All right. Just want to thank Nathan and the worship team for singing. That was amazing and uh, leading us into this. Uh, today, y'all, uh, I'm talking about my story and my testimony, and I'm going to be talking to you guys about how God has led me through my life. Uh, if you don't already know me, my name's Nick, and I'm one of the interns here at FGS. Um, and before I get into my life story, I just want to <laughs> bring up a funny story from when I was in uh, sixth grade. Um, it's a little embarrassing, but I'm going to go ahead and share it. When I was in sixth grade, uh, I first went to another church called New Spring. Uh, they hold it at the TD Convention Center, and I was going to their youth service that was on Wednesday nights. Um, I remember vividly we were playing Nine Square, so it's a pretty popular church game, and at the time, uh, we were getting called to go to the auditorium to get ready for worship and the sermon that we were going to hear. Well, I remember leaving the area that Nine Square was in, and I was going into the main auditorium, but to get to the main auditorium, since it's on the second floor, you have to uh, go up some escalators. Well, because there was so many people there, because it was 6th through 12th grade, it was like a united night every single night at a bigger church, so there was tons of people. So anyway, there's only two escalators to get up there, and I get to this escalator, and obviously the line is super long. And, uh, I mean, I'm standing there, and sixth grade me sees that the second escalator, the one coming down from the auditorium, is uh, completely empty because no one's leaving. Uh, And sixth grade me thought that it was a great idea to try and go up this escalator that was going down because why would I want to wait in line to go up the escalator normally when I could just go now? So anyway, that's exactly what I did, and I start to go up this escalator. And since it's coming down, I'm really having to run and jump over the stairs since they're coming down so fast. And I'm getting further and further up these steps until I get maybe 75% of the way up. And at this point, since I was the only one on this escalator, everyone could see me. And a couple people even jokingly started to cheer for me, and the entire room at this point could see me and was looking at me, and I tripped. And uh, my pants fell down. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was really embarrassing. I, uh, I get, I, it did suck. I get up and I pull my pants up and I, I walk up the rest of the way. And uh, I went to church that evening and I never came back. Uh, and that's why I'm at fellowship now because I will never show my face there again. So that's just a little funny story. And uh, I just wanted to share that first. But yeah, um, note taken. Boys, don't run up an escalator if you got gym shorts on. It's not going to help you out. <laughs> but um, today I'm here to talk about my story and specifically how God has led me through my life. Um, so to start, I'm going to take it way back to when I was a little kid. Um, I was probably about seven years old. And this age is significant to me because it was the day that, or the year that I decided to become a Christian. Uh, at this point in time, I went to Grace Church on Pelham Road. Uh, and on a Sunday morning, my dad comes up to me and he asks me if I wanted to talk about something. And I'm like, well, yeah, what, what's up? What do we need to talk about? And my dad asks me if I know who Jesus is. And at this point, I had been going to church for a little while. I was in a Christian family. And I was like, yeah, that's the guy that we learned about here with uh, all my other 
friends who are here. And uh, he continues asking me if I wanted to accept Jesus into my life. And I say, well, you know, I said to myself, like, yeah, I mean, like, seems like that's what I should do, even though I don't really know what that means at the time. And uh, so I tell him, like, yes. And that's what I did. I prayed with him, and I accepted Jesus into my life then and there. But that's not exactly when my relationship with him started. I want to fast forward a little bit to when I was about 10 years old. Mind you, in between when I was 7 and 10, nothing much happened. I kind of learned a little bit more about God and uh, who he was and who Jesus was. And nothing in my relationship with him really progressed at all. I was still pretty young, and I just didn't understand it. Um, I could always kind of sense, though, his presence whenever I maybe tried to pray or sing about him at church. And so it always kind of felt like God was near whenever I was at church. But away from that, I didn't try to talk to him. I didn't try to worship him. And that's why my relationship just didn't really blossom at that time. Jumping to when I was 10, um, at this point in my life, I was probably in a situation that most of you guys can find similar. I lived with both my parents, and we were in a Christian family regularly going to church. Uh, I went to a public school, and I hung out with my friends across the street every day, and it was pretty sweet. When I was about 10, though, um, something happened to me that might have happened to some of y'all, and that was that my, uh, my parents got divorced. Uh, this might be something that some of y'all know because it either happened to your parents or it's either happened to a friend's parents. And uh, for me, it wasn't exactly something that affected me too much as I was pretty young to understand the weight of that. Uh, now, this is something that is experienced differently for everyone that has to go through it. Some people take it harder and some people it doesn't affect as much and I was the latter. For me, it didn't affect me that much because, you know, I was so young, I didn't understand exactly what it meant and uh, what would come with it. Um, I started to live one week with my mom and one week with my dad. And while the divorce itself didn't affect me too much, like I said, the thing that really affected me was what the divorce did to my dad. I'll explain that. At that age, my dad was everything to me. I mean, he was my best friend. He was someone that was strong. He was tall. And he just seemed like the leader in my life. He was the strongest Christian I knew, and he was uh, the biggest influence on my faith to this day. And he was my best friend. We would hang out all the time. We would take my friends and me anywhere we wanted to go on the weekend, like Sky Zone. We would just have an awesome time. And so me and my dad were just naturally really close. And then this divorce really kind of changed my dad. It didn't change who he was, because he was still all the things he was before, but because he was still my best friend. But while all this happened, my dad went through a sort of depression. And if you don't know what that means, it's more of a time of your life where you were just really sad because of something that's happened to you or because of just the situation you're in. And that's what happened to my dad. For me, it was really difficult to see the strongest person in my life show all the struggle that I'd never seen before. Um, but the one thing that I could feel throughout all of the struggle and confusion because it was such a changing time was a weird peace. Something I didn't expect to be present at a time like that. And looking back at that time in my life now, I know that that was the Holy Spirit who was with me and uh, all that time, through the change and the struggle of seeing my dad be in so much pain, was the one comforting me. He was the one giving me a peace and a reassurance to know that everything was going to turn out all right, despite what, you know, 10-year-old me would have thought. And throughout that entire time, despite my relationship with him still not being very strong, I still felt that God was near. A couple years later, and now I'm in middle school, as old as some of you guys in the room. I was in sixth grade, and uh, for the moment in my life, Things were going pretty steady. You know, I was getting good grades in school, and I had a good group of friends, and I was starting to learn more about Jesus and the Bible as I started to go to church here at FGS, because that was the year, you know, after the whole elevator incident, that uh, I decided to come to fellowship. 
Um, well, one day, I'm sitting in class at school, and uh, I had just finished a test, and I had gotten a pretty good grade, so I was pretty happy about it. Um, naturally, I was excited, and I wanted to uh, share about it with my parents. So I texted my dad about it, just so I could share the accomplishment, but I wasn't getting any text back from him. But I thought that that was pretty normal, as he was usually at work right now, and probably just couldn't answer me. So I wait for school to end, and my mom comes and picks me up, because this was the start of the week where I would go and live with her. And uh, so I shared the test with my mom, and naturally she's proud of me, and she says, good job, and all that. And I think I still need to tell my dad about this. So I try calling him again, but still no answer. My mom tells me to just wait until I get home, and I think, well, that's weird, but okay. So we finish driving home. We get there finally, and my mom has me sit down to talk to her. And I'm thinking, well, well, no, what's up? What's so serious that you need to have me sit down for this? And uh, while my mom, she's trying not to cry, she tells me that my dad met Jesus that day. After she calmed me down from hearing that news, she explained to me how it happened. He was going to an appointment for work when he got into a car accident that day, and he was killed in it, but that he was with his Savior in heaven now. And that was pretty devastating for me. At this point in my life, I was only 12 years old, and uh, it kind of crushed me. My dad was everything to me, like I said. He was my rock, my light, and he was my biggest influence when it came to my faith. And now he was gone, and I felt alone. Of course, I still had my mom, but ever since the divorce, my relationship with her was pretty rocky, and my relationship with God was still pretty much non-existent. So I felt completely alone, like there was no one I could turn to. Yet still, looking back now, I realized that God was with me the entire time. Even though I felt like no one was there for me, even though I felt like I couldn't do anything about it, God was near. God was there, and he was doing something about it. But at that time, I really wanted nothing to do with God. He had seemingly given me all this pain, and for what? The next couple of weeks, one of the biggest things I remember was my dad's funeral. It was held in Auditorium 2, right over there, where we used to have high school service, and uh, I specifically remember one of the people who helped me and my family plan the service, and that was Dallas. And I can confidently say that Dallas's willingness and helpfulness while planning all of that is a massive reason why I still even continue to go to church, why I'm a Christian today. Looking back on it, I know that God used Dallas to make me feel like I belonged at fellowship. That was one of the reasons that I even decided to continue going to church even still after all that stuff. And I could tell that God was near, God was with me, and he was using the people in my life to help me. But I didn't realize it right away. The next couple years from when I was about 12 to probably around 15 or 16, I didn't really bother with church almost at all. I carried on with life as if God didn't exist because I was scared that if I tried to experience any of the church, I would have to face the pain of my dad's death. And so that's what I did. I stayed away from church. And my life in that time period didn't get any better. I was trapped in sin and anger towards God for what I thought was his fault for happening. It was a dark place and I didn't want to leave because I thought anywhere else would only bring me more pain. But one day, when I was about 15, I would say, one of my friends from school invited me to the high school youth group that we have here on Sunday nights. And uh, for some reason I decided to go because I remembered how kind and how willing Dallas was to help me and my family when we were going through a really difficult time. So I remembered him and what he had done for us and I thought, well, I mean, maybe it's not too bad to try and give it another chance of actually taking it seriously. So I went and it was awesome. <laughs> Hearing Matt preach, being surrounded by friends, it showed me what going to church could be and should be, so I kept going. 
And I kept going. And I started to even attend the morning service and hear from our main pastors. And I started to really enjoy it. And uh, after some time, I even started serving in elementary school in the mornings. Um, and I was really loving it, all of it. And I was starting to realize that all of those years that I was angry at God and all the years that I didn't really want anything to do with church was for nothing. Because I started to realize that my anger wasn't justified. I shouldn't have been upset at God or the church. But what I finally started to learn was that God was with me, supporting me in so many ways throughout all of it. I realized that God was near and that I just didn't want to see him. Uh, a really good verse that I want to use uh, is Deuteronomy 31.6. If you have your Bibles, you can flip to that. But it speaks of, it says, So be strong and courageous, and do not be afraid, and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God is with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. And this verse specifically comes from a passage talking of how Joshua becomes Israel's next leader. After Moses was unable to, due to his age, um, Moses speaks to all the people of Israel, talking of how God is with them, and he will deliver them in all their battles, physical or spiritual. And I think that we can take this too, knowing that God never leaves us, that God never forsakes us, and we should not be afraid because God is near. And that's what I was learning at the time. I was seeing that my relationship with God started to flourish. But something that hadn't been doing very well was my relationship with my mom still. Ever since my dad passed away, our relationship with my mom started to decline even more than it already had. She was never very involved as a parent. We would fight a lot, and she would make a lot of promises that she wouldn't end up keeping. So I would become angry at her over the years, and uh, our relationship would diminish over the time because of the resentment and the grudge that I was holding against her. Well, one night after high school service had ended, it was around last year, um, I go home, and I walk in the door, and I see my mom crying. So naturally, I rush up to her pretty fast, trying to figure out what's wrong, and I could tell pretty fast that she had been drinking. She wasn't talking normal, and she was really upset, and she was crying because she was ashamed of what she had done, that she had just resorted to alcohol, and it was a really big deal to her. My mom used to have a problem with alcohol in the past, but she had been sober for about eight years, and if you're not familiar with what sober means, it's just a time when you had a youth you had used to have a problem with alcohol, and you don't deal with it anymore. You don't drink, and you're fully aware of your surroundings. And this happened around, you know, like I said, last year. Um, and my mom's problems with it in the past stopped when she had me. For my mom, she never wanted to go back to it, but she was tempted and gave in. At this point, I was pretty upset. I was upset at my mom for making me have to comfort her for what she had did. And I was upset that I even had to deal with this because I already didn't feel like my mom had been a good parent. And this added on to that even more. So my resentment grew and my grudge against her still held. But nonetheless, I still tried to ignore my desire to just not have to deal with it. So I tried to help her if I could. I comforted her at night and I talked to her. She tells me about how she had struggled with it in the past. And she tells me that she's sorry for letting me see her like that. I told her that it's fine and I wasn't mad. But that wasn't the truth because I was pretty angry. I was really upset at her. But I tell her it's not a problem. And I tell her it won't happen again. And she agrees, telling me that she won't touch it ever again. But it wasn't that easy for her. A couple weeks later, I walk back into my house, and it's the same scenario. A couple weeks later, and the same thing again. After that, there'd be multiple times where I could find alcohol hidden throughout our home. She was trying to hide from me. I'd find it in the cupboard, the sink, in you know, drawers, just anywhere that she didn't really want me to see it. And the cycle would continue. 
and I was really angry at my mom. I was upset at her because I had already lost my dad and she wasn't being a good parent to me. I could not rely on her. So our relationship got even worse. I tried to stay away from home if I could. When hanging out with friends, I would try and stay out as long as possible so I didn't have to be home. And every chance I had, I would take it to leave the house. Eventually, I understood that my mom started to develop a level of alcoholism again, which if you're not sure what it is, it's a condition given to people who turn to drinking alcohol to escape or to be distracted from the pain of their lives. So I reached out to some people, which is the only thing I could think of at the time, because I didn't know what else to do, to try and get her some support and the help she needed. And while she stayed away from it for a while and things were looking up, she ended up coming back to drinking again. Eventually around September of this year, this school year, she, uh, she gave back into it and I was really upset. I didn't want to have to deal with this anymore. I didn't want to have to be the one who had to help her and I didn't want to even be there anymore. So I left and uh, I went to my friend's house. His name's Will and uh, that's because I just didn't know where else to go, you know? Uh, my family wasn't really around. I have my grandparents, but they're a little far away and the rest of my family is up in Illinois. So he's the only person that I could really rely on at the time. So I asked him like, hey, is it okay if I come over and I explain everything to him? And he's like, dude, you can stay as long as you want. So that's what I did. I stayed there for about a week and it was really difficult. My mom was, she hadn't even reached out to me for about two days, probably because she was still getting over it or she might not have even noticed that I had left. And when she did, I didn't really want to talk to her. I was still really upset at her. Um, I didn't really know what to do. I felt like there was nothing I could do at the time and that I was alone yet again. I had already lost my dad, who was everything to me, and then my mom started to become someone that I didn't even know. And I felt completely alone. But what I didn't realize again was that God was with me and God was near. At the time, I never realized that bottling up my anger and my resentment for my mom was really unhealthy. I was becoming more and more distant and more and more upset all until a friend of mine saw my frustration. He talked to me about it, he confronted me, telling me that while, yes, my mom should not be doing that, I was also at fault because I was blaming my mom for everything I could think of. I was upset at her and I didn't try to solve that. I might have tried to help her a little bit, but I gave up fast because of my anger. And uh, I was surrounded by so much of my own sin that I never realized that I was one of the biggest factors keeping my mom down and keeping her in the spot that she was because I wasn't someone who she could rely on either. I wasn't helping her, I wasn't showing her love, I wasn't forgiving her. I truly believe that God used that friend who confronted me with that to show me what steps to take, to show me that I needed to forgive her and how to do so. God gave me the strength needed to do so. So after a good wake-up call from my friend, I decided to take it to God and, uh, and scripture and I want to point to Colossians 3.13. It mentions that as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive others. It's a short verse, but it's a really powerful verse. It's a direct command to forgive other people like God has forgiven us. Something that I had completely missed. And so moving forward, it's what I tried to do. Since then, I started to support her. I started to get her the resources that would help her most effectively deal with the problems she had. I started to go to church with her in the mornings and she had eventually stopped going. And I started to finally pray for her. And when I finally started to pray and I finally started to realize that I was the one in the wrong, the entire time I felt alone, God was waiting for me to come back to him. 
And when I finally had, I saw that he was with me. He was with me then, and he was with me the entire time. He was near. God was near. Bringing these people into my life to help me get through something, I wasn't sure I could. That's what God did. He was near when he patiently waited for me to come back to him after those years my dad had died. And uh, he was also near when my mom was struggling with alcoholism. And he was near even when I felt completely alone, because God doesn't leave us, ever. God is with us, God helps us, because he loves us. He sent his son to die on the cross for us, is how much he loves us. And I think, I think sometimes we don't understand the weight of that, but I mean, that's probably the toughest thing that he could have done for us. Since then, I started to realize that I was wrong, and I started to realize that my mom's mistakes doesn't give me an excuse to make more mistakes. And I started to support her and get her back on the road to recovery. Since then, she started to recover from the place she was in. She has good resources and is on a good path. She has good resources and is on a good path back to where she wants to be. And currently, I sit at the time where I'm about to leave high school and go into the next stage of my life. But none of the time restraints, my lack of faith, my lack of strength, my lack of forgiveness, and my lack of trust ever stopped God from doing what he does. It never pushed God away. It never made God stop loving me. And it never made God stop working. Because God is sovereign, God is loving, and God is near. That's my story. And I'm going to pray us out as we go into small group. Dear Lord, thank you for this wonderful morning where I get to come and share my story of what you've done through my life. I pray that my mistakes and my failures will shed the light on other people's lives, even though their situation is not the same as mine. I pray that you would uh, use this as we go throughout the rest of our week to be able to apply scripture and our faith to our lives to better glorify you. Amen.